Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. This verse is interesting. Jesus said, whoever is ashamed of me and my words, I will be ashamed of him. I want to spend a few minutes having us think about what it means to be ashamed of Jesus. Before we do that, however, I was asked to look at Mark 8, 22 through 26. Question came up. It really, it, it was a part of the lesson this morning in the, the people who were around Jesus, but this particular question is not connected so much with the uh, lesson tonight, but it brought up an interesting point. You notice what happened when the blind man was brought to Jesus. Verse 23, Jesus, number one, took him by the hand and led him out of the town. That's interesting. And he spit on his eyes, put hands on him, and wanted to know if he saw anything. And he said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes and made him look up, and he rest, was restored and saw everyone clearly. And then Jesus said in the original, don't even go to town. Go home. Now, that's an interesting text. I think that a few things need to be considered. One that was given to me this morning that I thought was really good Jesus was making a point to the disciples that faith comes in stages. There was a partial healing and then a full healing. That's faith. Your faith grows over time. That very well could be the case. It also could be the case involved in this that he was teaching that same thing to the blind man to let him see that there's a development process. But it also may be connected to the rest of the story just above it when the Pharisees had wanted to see a sign and Jesus said, I'm not going to give you one. Well, what did he do? He first of all left the city. Jesus did not heal the blind man in the sight of everybody, probably or at least potentially to make the point that I'm not here just to make these kinds of things happen. This is not a sign that I'm wanting to show. It was not a public sign. The signs of the scriptures were intended to teach the truth of God, but not all signs were done in front of everybody, and some were refused. Remember, Paul left a man sick and did not heal him. Why? He could, because it wouldn't promote the teaching of the Word of God. So in some way, this was not intended to be a public show. It was for this man, for his healing, for his understanding, and potentially for his disciples who would know about it. And I think the underlying theme of a growth of faith might very well make sense. You think about that. And you can have that in your thought process uh, as you will. Let's take a few minutes now. And think about being ashamed of Jesus. 
I doubt there's anyone here who would say that I am ashamed of Jesus Christ. Nobody here would do that. One of the evidences is you're here. Now, you might be putting on a show for everybody. That's possible. But by and large, the idea of being ashamed, we would maybe bow our necks and say, that's not me, so let's move on. Let's talk about somebody else or something else. Shame is not only a negative thing. Shame oftentimes is what changes behavior for the better. But shame can also be bad if, in fact, it's misdirected. So I want us to think for a few minutes, is it possible without meaning to that we might give the appearance that we are ashamed of Jesus from time to time? But then I want us to notice that when I'm finally ashamed of my shame of Jesus, I can react improperly or I can react properly. Let's think about being ashamed of Jesus. It seems obvious to me that he is talking about something that would be seen. I'm not sure that he's just saying, in your heart, you're ashamed of me. I think there's something more on display, if you will. Because Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me, I'm going to be ashamed of you. Because my shame of Jesus would have impact on others who see. What would they see? If I am, in fact, ashamed of Jesus, what would people see? So that I will know whether I'm ashamed or not from time to time. I'm not talking about a lifestyle. None of us as a lifestyle, I don't think, are ashamed of Jesus. But have there been times when we might have been? Well, here's what it might look like. This is what people would see if I'm ashamed of Jesus. They would see, number one, that I don't stand with him. I'm not standing with him. To stand with Jesus is to have him beside me. To stand with Jesus puts me obviously on his side. To stand with Jesus says that I support and approve of him. John said in 1 John 2 and in verse 28, little children, abide in him that when he comes, we may have confidence and not be ashamed at his appearing. Stay with him. Don't leave him. Do you know of Christians who have left the Lord? 
Do you know of Christian people who have taken a detour and said, I'm not going to be there anymore? They are not, they are in that action. They're ashamed of Jesus. But maybe it's not just a lifestyle. Maybe it's a moment. Have there been or are there now moments in your life when instead of standing with Him, supporting what He teaches and expects, that I duck away from that? Have there been times when because of pressure, outside influence, and trouble, I have moved away from the side of Jesus to some other place? I don't mean to do that. But in that moment, and in that action, I am showing that I am ashamed to be by him or to be with him. If I'm ashamed of Jesus, people will see I'm not standing with him. Number two, they would see that I'm not standing up for him. I'm not standing up for him, defending him, loudly declaring that I am on his side, unashamedly saying to anyone who is watching, I am a follower of Jesus. There are times when maybe we shrink into the corner. Because it's not popular to be that way. And I don't stand up for Jesus. And I let him down. When Paul was in prison in Philippians chapter 1, he asked the people there, the church there, he wanted him to, them to pray for him. He said, I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Lord Jesus Christ. According to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I will be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by death or life. For to me to live is Christ. To die is gain. You've read the stories of martyrs of days past who were put to the test. Right now, deny that Jesus is who he said he was and that you don't believe that and will spare your life. I doubt any of us have been in that situation. But maybe I, maybe we have been in situations where the crowd was obviously against Jesus. 
And I had no support. I'm there by myself. And instead of declaring my allegiance and standing up on his behalf, I've let the crowd push me into the corner. Maybe they know that I'm a Christian. But in that moment, they think, well, he's probably ashamed of Jesus. To be ashamed of Jesus, what would people see? If I am ashamed of Jesus... Then the words of Paul in Philippians 4 and verse 13 will make no sense. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. People who, if I'm ashamed of Jesus, they're going to see that I'm not standing behind him. Letting him lead the path. Letting him push through. Every now and then in a football game, I'll notice the offense sets up something rather weird. The quarterback is ready, and the halfback is back there. And between the quarterback and the halfback is this great big old defensive lineman in a three-point stance. Everybody knows what's probably fixing to happen. They're going to give the ball to the halfback. And that big old defensive lineman is about to pancake somebody. And if that halfback is smart, he's going to get by right behind what they call that big ugly and let him carve a path. If I'm not ashamed of Jesus, I'll stand behind him. And I'll let him make my path. I'll let him show the way. And people will see it. But if I'm ashamed of Jesus, they won't see me standing behind him. When Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me and of my words... He was talking about people who one day would not stand with him, stand up for him, and refuse to stand behind him. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. You're not either. But probably all of us can think of times when we were not standing where we should be or should have been. In that moment, whether we'd like it or not, in that moment, we were ashamed of Jesus. And he said, if you're ashamed of me, I'm going to be ashamed of you. You think back to growing up. It might have been your dad or your mom. It might have been a grandparent. It might have been someone else that you did not want to 
make ashamed of you. There was something about them that said, I I don't want them to be ashamed of me. Everybody else, I don't want it. But this person, I surely don't want them to be. Not one of us wants Jesus to be ashamed of us. But when those moments come and, and we fail, we can react in one of two ways. When I realize that I have been ashamed of Jesus and that I need to improve in that area, my shame will go in one of two directions. In the first place, if I'm ashamed of my shame of Jesus, I might react improperly. Just like Adam and Eve did. Go back to the story, if you will, in Genesis chapter 3. You know it well. But to help us see it, you know what happens when someone is ashamed? The thing about it is we can see it. When a person is really ashamed, we can see it. It's visual. Notice what happened improperly. Number one, when Adam and Eve sinned, the Bible says in verse number seven, the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. Look at your eyes. When improperly we are shamed, when we react improperly to our shame of Jesus, you can tell it in the eyes. People are ashamed. They don't look at you, do they? They duck and they turn away. The eyes will say whether or not you're ashamed. They were ashamed. They were upset. Yes, the shame was all over them, but they didn't look in the right place. They looked at themselves. They didn't look properly. It reminds me of the tax collector and the Pharisee standing in the temple praying. And one in his pride, the Pharisee looked up, talking about how great he was. But the tax collector said, with his eyes bowed, beating on himself, I'm a sinner. Two different sets of eyes. Adam and Eve didn't look properly. And you could see it in their eyes. Number two, you could see it in their body. Their reaction was to run away. I have to hide. I need to get away from this situation. When people are ashamed, their bodies shrink up. They curl up inside themselves. 
Maybe I can get away from the glance of people. Maybe they won't see me. Maybe I can hide. That's what they thought they could do. They tried to hide. They can't hide from God. But you know what I think they really were trying to do? They were trying to hide from themselves. Because their shame was all over them. But they were not handling it properly. So you just run and hide. When I finally realize that I have been ashamed of Jesus, but I handle it improperly, I'm going to hide. I'm not fixing anything. I'm just running away. And third, Adam and Eve, you can see it in their fingers. When they were ashamed, they started pointing the fingers and said, it was her. It was him. It wasn't me. When people are ashamed improperly, they try to figure out a way to blame somebody else. And to lay it at their feet. I don't want to be confronted with it. It's their fault. If I've been ashamed of Jesus. And I try to blame somebody else. Well, the peer pressure was really bad and I couldn't stand it. They weren't listening to me anyway. They wouldn't listen. They're hard-hearted. And I start pointing my finger. That's handling my shame improperly. But if we want to handle it properly, where else would you go better in Scripture than 2 Samuel chapter 12? When David had committed the great sin involving Bathsheba, God sent a prophet. The prophet came at him from a direction that he wasn't ready. And he tells him a story about a guy who had flocks and herds. He was very well off. And his neighbor over here just had one lamb that was the pet of the family. And a friend came to visit the wealthy man. He's going to present him a good meal. And instead of getting from his flocks and herds, he stole the pet of his neighbor and served it. Well, David is outraged. I'm the king. You tell me who did that. We'll take care of him. And the Bible says, and Nathan looked at him and said, You are the man. So what is the proper response? When I know that I have been ashamed of Jesus, and I'm confronted with it, and I realize it, people will see it in my mouth. Immediately, David said, I have sinned. I have sinned 
against the Lord. If I've been ashamed of Jesus, my reaction properly would be, yeah, I was. I'm sorry. I failed. I'm caught. I did it. I sinned. They would see it in the reaction of the body. God had said, the consequences of your sin are that this child that's been conceived is going to die. One who is caught in the shame of being ashamed of Jesus will throw his body prostrate on the ground to go through the consequences of what the shame will bring. David spent time asking God to remove the consequences. He had already been forgiven. I have sinned. Nathan said, God has heard you. You're forgiven. But the consequences still come. Handling the shame of being ashamed of Jesus properly means that I will throw my body before the Lord and say, I don't want the consequences to come. Can you change it? Can you fix it? Can you stop it? It's okay. I can be forgiven of the sin in my repentance. But then I have to deal with the consequences. And I won't bow up my neck and furrow my brow and tell God, you better not do that to me because I've been forgiven. But I'll throw my body down and say, I'm under whatever you want, but this is what I want. The child died. And the servants were nervous because prior to that, he, he, he wouldn't eat, he wouldn't drink, he wouldn't take a bath. The servants didn't want to tell him. If he acted like that when the child is still alive, what's going to happen when he knows he's died? When David heard that his son had died, immediately he got up. He took a shower. He ate and drank. He put on fresh clothes. Because when I handle my shame properly and I go through those consequences, my mind, people will know. They'll know that my mind says, okay, Lord, this has been your will. This is what I'm going through. This is what I have to experience. I'll take it. I won't react improperly again and run away because the consequences of my own shame. But instead, I will humbly say, the Lord's will has been done. 
I've made it through, and I'll be okay. But the final thing that people will see when I handle my shame properly, they'll see my feet continually moving in the right direction. Then David, verse 24, comforted Bathsheba, his wife. He didn't moan and complain about the past. He just kept moving forward. Oh, I know that he ended up writing Psalm 51. And it sounds like in that psalm that he's just beating himself up over and over. But I don't think he was. I think he was honestly dealing with the shame of his actions. That's an honest statement. And we'll be the same way when we accept what God has written in Romans 8 and verse 1. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Sure, any one of us may have been ashamed at Jesus at some time. There still may be times when we will be ashamed of Jesus, and the people will see it. But I keep my feet moving forward, and I don't keep beating on myself, condemning myself, because God's not going to condemn me. Because if I have handled it properly by confessing, yes, that's exactly what I did. Prostrate under the consequences of my actions without blaming God. And then realizing that His will has been done then I'll be able to keep my feet moving forward into the future and I will overcome the shame of my past. Jesus said, if anyone is ashamed of me, I will be ashamed of him. But it also is true If you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father who is in heaven. Won't it be great one day when we can be standing there, when Jesus looks at the Creator God and says, He is mine. Got a choice. When I am ashamed, I can handle it properly or I can handle it improperly. And one day he will either say, I'm ashamed of you, or he'll say, He's one of mine. Come on. I hope that these events in this text have been helpful to us as we think about the importance of our souls and the importance of standing 
properly with Jesus. We want to stand properly for anyone here who needs us as we stand and sing together. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.